Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Series Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that is our Helium 10 Weekly Buzz, where we give you a rundown of all of the news and goings-on in the world of e-commerce that affect you as a seller. And we also have interviews and training tips of the week that will give you serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. Let's go ahead and see what's buzzing this week. Now, we've got some uh, different news articles. Mainly, we're really going to focus on that announcement that Amazon made earlier this week about the FBA inventory storage, how that is now going to change. So that's a, that's going to be our main topic of the week. Uh, we also have a, a couple things on the lighter side, just a little kind of like just to keep things a little bit light here, but some funny stories that come from the world of Etsy reviews and, and also uh, another one having to do with Walmart. Uh, I've also got a training tip of the week that will you know help you within 60 seconds be able to see, hey, how are you doing uh, at the keyword level compared to your competitors without having to know a million fancy filters and having to go through some complicated thing. You could just find that out in just a couple of clicks. So I'm going to show you how to do that. It's very important here in 2023. So let's go ahead and hop, first of all, right into the news. Our first news article of the day, you guys probably saw, We I put it on my LinkedIn a couple of days ago, where Amazon put out a notice, maybe you got this email, simplifying FBA capacity limits for your business. So, so this is something that you saw in Seller Central. And basically uh, what it says here is it says, hey, effective March 1st, we're replacing the weekly restock limit and quarterly storage limit with a single monthly capacity limit per storage type to give you more predictability and control over your inventory. Okay. So uh, I think one of the, first of all, let's just analyze why this came about. You know, uh, I think people understood that during COVID, um, there was a lot of inventory restrictions because things were getting kind of out of hand uh, during the pandemic. And and we saw for the first time, you know, kind of like capacity limits and, and you know, there was times where you couldn't even send inventory in, right? But then as kind of, you know, pandemic uh, effects wound down, you know, I think most of us Amazon sellers thought that, okay, this is the end of these just like out of the blue, you know, restrictions on inventory. And then what happens in Q4, and we talked about this in the weekly buzz, all of a sudden people were getting hit with inventory restrictions again. It didn't make any sense. People were like, what is going on? Like Amazon has so much space, you know, they're even trying to, to cancel making new warehouses. Why in the world do I have inventory restrictions? And, you know, there's a lot of speculation going on. People thought maybe there was more more kind of movement than they they expected and uh you know from what they projected but whatever the case is sellers sometimes once a week were all of a sudden seeing sometimes their their unit restrictions go from even like 60,000 down to 20,000 right so let's say you've got like 40,000 units of inventory in stock and your your inventory limit was 60,000 units well you, you thought yours like sitting pretty right so then you're like hey you know what i need to order five different SKUs for a total of 10,000 units and just go ahead and put them uh, on the way to Amazon, it would have been no problem. And then you wake up in the morning on Monday to you know to set up your shipments, and it says, "No, you are overstocked by twenty thousand. You know you're not going to be able to send anything for like two months." And of course, you know a lot of you know you sellers were very concerned about this, and it was affecting your business. And you guys were trying to come up with different hacks and strategies and trying to get inventory in. And and hey, you were complaining to Amazon, and Amazon heard. All right, so so this is why what what basically they said. Um, was the reason why they made this move is like, hey, people want, you know, Amazon sellers want to be able to uh, know more about what's coming down the pipeline instead of going to sleep Sunday night, you know, with one inventory restriction. And then the in the morning, it's completely different. 
So basically, this article here says that now there's going to be a single month long FBA capacity limit. All right. So is one for the month. It's not going to change like every week. And it also says capacity limits for the upcoming month will be announced in the third full week of each month via the capacity monitor in Seller Central and an email location. And they're going to give estimated capacity limits. Again, not so it's not going to be just overnight. It's they're going to give you estimated ones three months in advance. And it's a uh, part of it is going to be measured by your inventory performance score. Now he, here, here is where it really starts getting you know new and interesting. It says there will be now an opportunity to request a higher limit with our new capacity manager it says you can request additional capacity based on a reservation fee that you specify. So it's almost like, I don't know, I, I kind of like liken this to like an eBay auction or something uh, where you can kind of bid on getting more space, all right? So like, uh, for example, let's say, you know, you've got 20,000 units. You're like, hey, I know I'm gonna need 30,000. Well, you can like submit a bid for this extra space and then Amazon might grant it. Now that might, you you, you know, somebody might instantly say, hey, this, this is ridiculous. This is Amazon trying to get more money out of my pocket for something I should have anyways. But, you know, the, I think Amazon is concerned about, uh, you know, people abusing the inventory system and just using, Amazon is a, you know, 3PL. Remember, Amazon actually is, you know, we, we talked about that last year. Amazon is starting kind of like uh, a 3PL service. But what they um, they said here is that they're actually, you're actually going to be able to get that bid back potentially. Like if your sales reach a certain threshold, you have a chance to get everything that you bid for that extra space back to you so that you really ended up paying nothing so that, you know, the people using the space are really the ones who need it. And if you are using all this extra space and your sales aren't that great, well, you probably didn't need the space in the first place and you're going to get charged. So, you know, I, I can see the pros. You know, I, I can see how some sellers might not like this, this bidding thing anytime more money is involved. But hey, if you don't use the space anyways, why were you even bidding for the extra space in the first place is kind of like my rebuttal uh, to that. So so very interesting um, here. The other thing is that the capacity limits, it says here, are going to be uh, volume versus units to better reflect your capacity usage. So instead of like number of units that you're going to be able to store like, like it is now, it's going to be like your volume and you can kind of measure it as far as uh, size goes. Now, so some things are not fully, uh, are not fully, you know, kind of like um, specified, like uh, this other blog that, uh, you know, come out that, that we link to in the comments below. Uh, it says, like storage limits today, overage fees will apply if a seller's on-hand inventory in Amazon's fulfillment centers exceeds their capacity limit, all right, not including open shipments. Overage fees are calculated based on the highest estimated or confirmed limit we've provided for the given period. Now, this to me, I mean, there's always been some kind of overage fee, you know, for storage fee, but this almost seems new to me. So this, they kind of slid this one under the radar. So I, I kind of want more information about this overage fees, you know, because sometimes, you know, in the past we would, we would be, you know, like, like in that scenario that I gave you, we might have 60,000 units and our limit is 40,000. If this happens, does this mean now that, you know, we have a new charge? So, so that's something that I'm sure that they'll specify down the road, but I, I highly recommend guys going into your seller central and you hit the news section and then you hit the more details on this capacity manager. And what you'll see is a whole bunch of like examples and use cases for this. And it talks about the performance credits. It even has a chart like saying, Hey, what if this was your original capacity limit? 
you know, and you got this extra amount and then this was your actual sales. Well, here's what's going to happen as far as what you're going to be charged for and what kind of credit you're going to get. So a lot of, uh, they try to like think of everything here. So find that in your dashboard and then go ahead and take a look, take a look and see if you can plan it out. But I'd be curious, what do you guys think? I haven't seen too much feedback on it yet, but you know, go into our Helium 10 members Facebook group and, and let me know. Or, or comment on this YouTube video and, and let me know what you guys think of this change, if you think it's positive or negative. All right, moving on now, uh, just, you know, kind of a, a off, semi-off topic story, but but I, I wanted it to kind of like, you, know, you guys to be thinking about the potential of influencer marketing and how social media can really affect, you know, kind of like your, your business strategy. And there's this article in the USA Today talking about pink sauce, all right? So, the reason why I found this interesting, I don't think it's applicable to every single seller, but this is what I wanted this article to inspire you to do. How this story goes is it's it was from USA Today and says, where can you buy pink sauce? Walmart now sells viral TikTok condiments. So I, I, I'm not a TikToker my, myself, so I, I never heard of this. But I guess back in June, uh, this TikTok creator, Chef, uh, Chef uh, I'm pronouncing it in Spanish now, Chef Pi, P, I'm not sure how you would say it, P-I-I, had this like Pepto-Bismol colored dipping sauce. And I guess it went viral. This is like June of last year. But long story short, it ended up now being produced and now it's going to be sold on Walmart shelves. Now, here is why I'm bringing this article out. This is something that went viral in June of 2022. Like what, seven months ago. And, you know, the virality of, of things on TikTok or, or social media, sometimes it's very short-lived, you might think, Right. So, you know, I doubt this is viral necessarily now, but now this influencer who started this, she ended up getting a deal for Walmart brick and mortar. All right, guys, which is more than anything she could have done on Amazon. You know, if you get something in Walmart brick and mortar and all the DCs are, you know, carrying this for all their stores, I mean, we're talking, you know, a PO in the millions of dollars here. And so this just illustrates the power, I think, of, of if something goes viral on social media. So number one, don't think that just like, you know, by getting these TikTok products or producing it yourself, like maybe you have nothing to do with TikTok, but you just get an idea there. Don't think that you only have like a couple of weeks to come out with something like and make it in your backyard and mass produce it to, to catch the wave. Here is somebody who took something that went viral all the way back in June and now is making tons of money on it by getting into brick and mortar. You know, so the things that really go viral have a longer shelf life than just how long it stays trending, you know, on, on TikTok, for example. And this also just shows the potential of what you can do. Like if you do have a product that really takes off due to some influencers, guys, the sky's the limit. Not only can you have massive success online, like on Amazon, but you could eventually get your product into brick and mortar. So interesting story. Another uh, kind of like on the lighter side here, uh, it's kind of a warning, but also kind of funny is this uh, article about a woman's awful experience, it says, getting refunded for a $19 candle on Etsy went viral after the store kept insulting her. And this was from entrepreneur.com. Well, this uh, this lady asked for a, a refund for this Harry Styles candle or something, right? And then the, the, the seller just kind of like went off like, all right, fine, I'm going to give you a refund. But man, you know, like have the day you deserve and like, when you were shopping, were you, were you high or drunk? Like, like they were going back and forth on here, and, and they didn't know that this this lady here 
was actually a a kind of like you know semi influencer. She's got like thousands and thousands of followers. So she just went on TikTok and posted all about her experience. And then you know basically the the seller you know their their business came like kind of crashing down because of this. And and so the first part of why I wanted to bring this out is. I don't think you guys, I think you guys are smart enough to know that you can't insult your customers in Amazon buyer seller messaging because Amazon is very, very super like sensitive as far as the seller or the buyer experience goes and they're monitoring those messages. And so, you know, you can't be doing stuff, you know, like that, but also, you know, so, so always just have good customer service. You know, you never know if somebody's going to like take your screenshots and something and try and make it go viral and, and, you know, your business could be potentially ruined by that. It's kind of like shocking that, that uh, what the seller was doing, but that got me thinking too, like about viral reviews or reviews that you have. Like, I bet a lot of you guys out there have some pretty funny reviews. So this was a funny seller who was like kind of crazy. How many of you have like, kind of like crazy buyers out there? Uh, and, and what, what kind of things uh, do, do they say uh, in your, in your messages? I went to our coffin shelf listing and I found a, a kind of funny review here, all right? So this is a, a review of our coffin bookshelf. And I'm gonna read this for you guys who can't see it. It says, uh, my wife is into all sorts of dark arts and horror, etc. If it's not a horror movie on TV, it's the ID channel. I don't know what the heck ID channel means. So when she asked me at the table if I would order her a coffin, I shot soda out of my nose at the dinner table. Then I worriedly thought, maybe it's for me? Uh, did I forget our anniversary? But no. Thankfully, it was just these awesome little coffin shelves for her to put her makeup and doodads around her vanity area. Just like all regular normal wives want coffin shelves, right? Right, guys? Help me out here, fellas. All right, so uh, that was <laughs> a re actual review right there on our listing. So, so I'm just curious. I want to know how many of you... Uh, how many of you have checked your reviews just for, just for the funny side of it? I want you guys to do that. Yeah. I want you guys to find your funniest review and then share it in the Helium 10 members Facebook group or talk about it here in the comments below. Uh, just a lighter side of doing business online. You get some funny reviews uh, sometime. All right, that's it for the news this week. Next up, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Next week, we will doing uh, we'll be doing our first Bigger Better launch of the year. All right, so the, this is our webinar series where we talk about uh, you know, different features that could be helping you. And we want to make this, since it's the first of the year, kind of like have a different theme where we're really diving into strategies. It's going to be a strategy session on what you need to do now that we're in January of 2023 in order to get a leg up on your Amazon and Walmart competition. So guys, make sure to register for this webinar. You can go to h10.me forward slash launch, h10.me forward slash launch. I want you guys to register uh, myself, Shivali, and Carrie will be giving you guys all of the, the kind of like optimizing strategies that you can do to your current listings or your newer ones in order to make sure you're beating the competition in this new year. So I'll see you there next week. All right, next up, you know, speaking of, you know, this is going to be one of the strategies we're actually going to be talking about uh, next week. But if you already have an existing product, maybe you made your listing six months ago. If you haven't taken a look at your keywords, then it's something that you should be doing. You know, you can't just make your listing and just leave it, all right? So how do you kind of like redo your keyword research in just a couple of minutes to see how, first of all, you're performing versus your competition? And also, are your is your competition using keywords that you might not have even known about? So let me just so show you really quick how to do this in just a couple of minutes, all right? So if you are on the search results of your main keyword, so like for example, right here, I'm on the uh, coffin shelf uh, keyword, I would, click on x-ray, you know, just a quick one 
uh, tap here. And I, what I want to do is I want to see who are the main sellers and then compare them against me. So the very first ASIN I'm going to select in X-Ray is my own because I want to compare the competition to, to me, right? So select your ASIN first. And then the other thing I do, I want to see who are the most relevant sellers. Uh, all right, because you know, on this coffin shelf page, there's a lot of just random products on here that have nothing to do with coffin. And there's also some products like makeup shelves that I might not think are my direct competitors. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to select the ones that I, I am directly competing for a coffin shelf sale. And as you can see, I am number one, you know, project X is number one in coffin shelves right now. Right? So I'm going to select the number two guy right here. Gothic life coffin shelves. I'm not going to select our coffin bookshelf because to me that's a different kind of product uh here's another product i want to look at and then let me do three or four more here but not the ones that are um, that are makeup shelves and i just have to hit this button run cerebro and what this is going to do is it's going to open it up inside of cerebro and remember it's important that you select that first option or that first product as your product because what happens is, is now Helium 10 is going to be able to compare the performance of my listing versus these others as a group. So as you can see here, it pulled right up and you don't have to know about all these fancy filters. I'm just going to click one. I'm going to hit top keywords. All right. So what are the top keywords in this niche? And I can see right here, like just took one click. I can see coffin bookshelf, coffin shelf, coffin shelves. And then what I want to look at is my relative rank. All right because that means how I'm doing versus my competitors. All right, so then if I hit this, I can see, hey, I'm my relative rank is four. That's not great, all right? I'm showing up fourth on this page. On Coffin Shelf itself, I, I am showing up first. I might not be first on the page, but more importantly than your organic position on the page is your relative rank if you are comparing yourself against your competitor. So here I can see my relative rank is one. So what you want is your relative rank to be one. Now, the other thing that uh, I, I like to do is I like to hit the opportunity keywords to find out, are there any keywords that only one of the competitors are doing well on? So this is a one-click button. You just hit this button called opportunity keywords, and I could see a couple of keywords that maybe nobody's paying attention to, goth shelf and black aesthetic room decor. And then why did these keywords come up? Well, it is because that only one or two of them are crushing it and the rest are not. So like, for example, on this one, one of my competitors is position six on page one. Nobody else is even on page one, or maybe I am. It says here I'm 37, but I'm way down the list, all right? And on this other one, I'm not even ranking at all, but one of my competitors is on page one, position eight. So here's a keyword that maybe I am not even indexed for. At the very least, I'm not ranking for. I just found this keyword with one click. All right, uh, I'm doing this live, guys. I didn't prepare this. I, I didn't even know this keyword was going to come up. I'm pretty sure I'm not indexed for black aesthetic room decor, and I just discovered a keyword that my competitor is getting sales from, but I am not. All right, so those are just our one-click filters, but if I wanted to keep going, I could just say, hey, show me a keyword that has 400 search volume, right, and uh, I want at least one competitor. I go into advanced rank filter. I do a minimum of one at least one competitor, and then I go into the second advanced rank filter, and I say a rank between one and 10, right? So I, what I'm saying is Helium 10, show me a keyword from all this list where it has at least 400 search volume. It's ranked between, or there's at least one of them who is ranked between one and 10, and then I'm going to put position here, rank zero and zero. 
That basically means I'm not ranked at all. So I'm going to find even additional keywords that I'm not ranked for. And of course, that black aesthetic room decor is, is coming up here. But some other ones come up here. Halloween bedroom decor, goth room decor aesthetic. So right there, just within a, a couple more seconds, I was able to find even more keywords that I might not be ranking for. And, and as you saw there, I'm already the number one seller in this niche for my coffin shelf. So don't think that just because you're the top seller that you don't have room to grow. Your competitors on an individual level, the ones that are doing worse than you, almost always you're going to find that there's a few keywords that they might be getting sales for that you're not. So this is something that can help in you widen that gap in order to, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, you not only stay at number, uh, stay number one, but solidify your position there. So guys, make sure to use this uh, tip as you uh, go into 2023. And we're going to do more tips just like this next uh, week. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Helium 10 Weekly Buzz. I'll see you next week to see what's buzzing.